Hey guys, welcome to the Babylon Pastors podcast sponsored by ODG Apparel. I am one of your hosts, Michael. And I'm Rob. Glad you're here to listen in while we talk about church, theology, and everything in between. All right, guys, welcome to the podcast today. We are going to be talking about leadership uh, in the church, but more uh, kind of dialed down is what we see uh, leadership in the church uh, being specifically within like uh, Titus and Timothy and Peter and just the models we see lived out because I don't think it's any surprise. Uh, obviously leadership in the church, as far as pastors go, as far as evangelists goes, as far as deacons, all of those sort of things. Um, some churches do it really, really well uh, in executing what the word says. And then some have a bit more of difficulty with that. So I think it's a very important topic to talk about, obviously, because if you are a Christian, you should be going to church and being a part of the body. Yeah. Big surprise there. That's what? a whole, <laughs> a whole different topic. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll get there at some point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think we should start at, uh, at this one specifically for the reason of not that the church revolves around the pastor, but the pastor does guide the church in many regards as far as what is obviously taught from the pulpit, uh, how the church, uh, whether it be a pastor or what we're going to talk about here in a minute, maybe a plurality of elders that do it. But the point is that there is a leadership team uh, and that team guides how the church does things. So uh, we're going to look at kind of what the Bible says about it and uh, kind of go from there a little bit. So I don't know what you have pulled up there as far as what verse uh, where you're at, Titus, Timothy, or Peter, but. Yeah, I've got First uh, Timothy right at the moment. Okay. So uh, just, uh, I'm sure you'll pull up a specific verse, but the, the idea here that we're parting to point to is what a pastor or elder, uh, I'm sure you'll talk about that here in a minute, the, the, the same, same, the same word there. Same thing, baby. Yeah, same thing. How that is supposed to be operated, what a deacon looks like in that picture. So how about you start us off on that, like as far as, because uh, as we talked about before, you're a pastor currently, so you are the pastor of a church. So uh, let's start with how your church does it and why they do it a little bit, and we'll go into the Bible part. Yeah, so that that's actually a good um, thing for me to bring up because I realized um, that what the last episode we recorded uh, was about our stories and I left yeah. off and everyone probably thinks I'm still a Marine, but I, <laughs> so a lot has happened in that 10 year period. And, and, um, I spent four years in the Marine Corps and now, uh, long story short, I'm uh, a pastor, uh, in Dickinson, North Dakota. And, uh, so this is, um, kind of where we're at. We've, we've done a lot of moving, uh, and changing, uh, over the past three years, probably two years in particular, but it's been going on a minute. Um, we've moved from a church who, uh, used to, um, operate from the standpoint that there is a pastor, lead pastor, senior pastor, whatever you want to call it. And then there are elders underneath him. And then there are deacons and then there are people right? Mm -hmm. uh, and that's kind of the way that it was. Um, we, we've, I would say, grown since then, and we don't do it that way anymore. Um, the, uh, we operate, I believe, uh, try to, on much more of a biblical basis, and mm -hmm. in that 
what the Bible calls these titles. We try to call these titles. And um, so specifically what that looks like for us right now, like I'm a pastor, but I'm also an elder. In fact, at the beginning of each time I preach, I introduce myself as one of the elders and pastors at Hillside mm-hmm. Baptist Church. So um, for me, that's that's an important thing because one, uh, there are give or take a hundred or more souls right now today that I don't want all on my shoulders. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, for real though, like mm-hmm. there, that's, that's a lot for, for one dude to just handle all of it and every aspect of ministry, which is huge. Yeah. Right. And uh, so we share the load, like our elders, we have different giftings and I'm paid. So I have a different level of certain responsibilities mm-hmm. But we all share that load together and we're all kind of co-equals and any ideas we bring, we meet every Monday morning uh, that those are our elder meetings. We don't have um, monthly meetings. We used to, Um, we meet every Monday morning for an hour, hour and a half. Sometimes a lot of it's just prayer Mm -hmm. and then we mix around some business in there. So um, that's, that's kind of our model is elders are pastors. Um, and then we, we would have deacons or deaconess is, mm-hmm. we could talk about that later. We, too. we will definitely get into that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of, that's how we operate awesome. here. So, yeah. And I think, uh, like I said, if you listen to the last episode, you know that we grew up in a denomination that's, that's different than that model. Um, so I grew, I mean, just to give you kind of a background, I mean, cause I don't want to assume that you know what I'm talking about here, mm-hmm. but within the denomination, as far as Wesleyan Methodist goes, uh, it's, it's a pastor. They don't even call them elders. Uh, they call them board members yep. uh, for the most part. That would be the title that those people were given. And actually, uh, let me, let me say this though. Like when we talk about elders here, it used to be called elder board. Right. Yeah, gotcha. And I've on purpose changed that language because this isn't a business and that's kind of what that yeah. paints a picture of. And I wanted to get away from that. We don't have committees either. We have teams. There you go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's really about defining the language to properly view that thing. Yeah. Uh, yep. What you're doing. So, and, and to that note, um, a lot of the churches that we grew up in, the board would be much more of a business E type thing. So you sit down at a board meeting you're going to be talking about uh, the money. You're going to be talking about, um, you know, the finances, what's going to the church, what programs you have next. A lot of it is very businesslike in how it's handled. Uh, there's prayer there, but when I know when I was on staff at a church um, that that was in that denomination, um, that church specific. Well, I was on staff at a couple of churches, but both of them handled it the same way. Like there was prayer. But it was at the end and it was almost because, you know, well, that's what we're supposed to do. So it wasn't so much the weight of the both was different. So that was kind of the there was no real deacons. Uh, I know when I was growing up, I grew up in a Baptist church up until about 10. uh, And I remember seeing and hearing about deacons. And then we moved over to the Wesley Methodist Church and uh, there was no deacons at all over there. Like that wasn't a thing that's just all in there. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of the structure that I grew up in. So all that to say. When I started diving in the Bible uh, and seeing that there were these, you know, distinctions that he makes and these qualifications for elders that 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 Paul makes specifically, um, yeah. that was something that really got me thinking. 
because I mean, not again, uh, as I'm going to try to do, as we try to do all throughout these podcasts, it's not about downing a specific person as much as saying, this is what the biblical mandate is. Are we living up to it? And there were a lot of uh, what would be board members, but would also fit into that elder category or not elder category. The, um, well, it would be in that category, but they, they didn't necessarily meet those requirements that are put forth. And I think it's incredibly important um, to, to look at those because he puts them there for a reason so that, that as these men are put into place and we'll get into why it's men put into place, as far as elders go, it's, it's because he wants there to be a standard for the gospel to go forth and it to be above reproach. And there's reasons that these, these men have to fit these certain standards. So, um, that's kind of what we came from um, as far as the structure. And that's, that's why I want to kind of hold that up against what the word says and say, okay, well, you know, where can we not necessarily modify things, but make them a little bit more biblical, like you said, as far as changing, even as simple as changing the language of it. I mean, it means the same thing you're doing yep. a lot of the same thing, but you're changing it purposefully so that one, it's more in line with the word, but two, that the people, when they hear that, they have a reference point for it. So um, that's kind of why we wanted to talk about this now. Um, so you probably, because you guys are going through this a little bit more familiar. So could you kind of walk us through, um, cause there may, people may not know the distinction between pastor elder and why people mm-hmm. distinguish it, even though it's the same thing. Yeah. So I, I don't, I actually don't know the history behind it. I know that like all throughout growing up, right. I think part of it's because we're in America, mm-hmm. right. And, everything here is American dream business, uh, that kind of thing. Right. So it's, uh, it's, I think the church to a degree, and we will talk about this on, uh, week four, I believe in this podcast. Um, we have all these additional ministries. We have everything, um, is set up like a business. Right. Um, and so I think we kind of have to get away from that. To, if we want to be biblical, mm-hmm. uh, not that there isn't business to take care of, right? But we're we're the family of God who has some business to take care of, not a business who yeah. comes together to worship sometimes, right? Yeah. No, and yeah. I think we can make that we can make that mistake some if uh, if the language isn't correct. And I think too, it, it some some to do with language is first of all, language is uh, way more important, I think, than we give it credit for sometimes. Mm-hmm. In the church world, uh, we call, uh, like our Sunday service, we'll talk about this, isn't a service for us. It's a gathering. Like we change our language on purpose. Some of it is your context, mm-hmm. right? So some people can call it a Sunday service and, and it works for them. Um, but when you're overwhelmed with consumerism, Right. It, people come to a service to be served sometimes. And so or an experience. Kind of, right. It's yeah, yeah. Experience exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. And so we've kind of modified our language some because of those things. Like we'll refer to our elders as the leadership team at times mm-hmm. and not even use the word elder. Yeah. But that's what we are. And we do use that word as well. Um, so for us, long story short, the pastor is... Um, referred to as pastor, but all that means is paid elder, right? So um, I have a particular gifting, they think, to preach, right? Um, And that takes up time. Uh, Some of the uh, 
spiritual gifts that you need to be a good preacher, counselor, whether well, that kind of stuff, the things that are more time consuming in ministry, mm-hmm. um, that's what I get paid to do. But the other elders are way better than me at stuff. In fact, one of our elders is the guy that I go to um, for like uh, advice in my own marriage and parenting because mm-hmm. he's older, his kids are grown. Um, his marriage is great. Uh, perfect actually they never fight and uh, i'm joking but he (laughs) but he's he's kind of my go-to like all of us have different things that we bring to the table and we all bring ideas to the table open-handed right Mm -hmm. and if if i come with something i'm sold on and my brothers disagree for any reason okay no big deal right and that's how we all have to Mm -hmm. do that thing where we view ourselves as a real team of elders instead of first among equals which can just it can cause kind of division and we can forget who the senior pastor is yeah which is jesus so gotcha so i mean even what you were talking about there as far as going to the other i mean that's biblical too as far as older men teaching younger men and older women teaching i mean it all goes back to that and having that built into your your community uh, your body of believers there so um, now, as far as I'd like to pick your brain a little bit about this, because I know other churches do it as well. I'd, I'd be interested uh, to kind of see your guys take on it. But just overall, I know of churches that, for example, that will put elders up for uh, like review, for example. So they're going to they're they they've already you know, the, the leadership has said, hey, we don't see anything in this man's life that would disqualify him from being an elder. But at church. Here's, you know, the passages, you know, for example, in, in 1 Timothy 3 that say the qualifications for an elder, and this is what they are. If you know that he doesn't fit one of these things, let us know. Um, and then they go through that. And they, it's, I say that that's incredibly important, obviously not a necessity in a church, but I would say it's, it's, it's important because, as we've talked about before, I've went and guest spoke at a church before that was without a pastor, and they literally had a sign-up sheet. Um, they literally had a sign-up sheet in the background or in the vestibule that said, Hey, if you want to be on our elder team, go sign up on that sheet. And it wasn't like, Hey, these, these men are qualified or in this particular church, these women are qualified. It was, Hey, anybody that wants to sign up, you know, please go do that. Cause we're really desperate. Mm -hmm. We're we're desperate. We're super, literally anybody could sign this sheet (laughs) and we'll put you on this decision-making team for the church. And completely overlooking in many regards, like the qualifications there that Paul puts forth. So, yeah. Yeah. So for us, uh, a couple of things. One, when we're selecting elders, uh, there's, uh, this sounds really cliche, but it's important. There's a lot of prayer involved Mm -hmm. and uh, fasting even, right, among us. And uh, we we see so we've actually just um beginning of november uh the church affirmed not voted necessarily but affirmed that we um uh, we just brought on two elders for the coming year uh one of which has been an elder for a long time uh in many different times but our, how we function and this isn't biblical or unbiblical it's just how we function mm-hmm. but we uh you're an elder for three-year terms right and you can serve two terms so six years and then you have to mandatory you have to take a break for a year at least mm-hmm. right so it just kind of gives you know no matter how wonderful or terrible it might have been in that year in that period gives them a break gives them a time to reassess you know where they're at 
um, so anyway, that's, that was uh, one of our elders that was just brought on. That was the case with him. He had been an elder for a long time, gotcha. took a year break and was just brought back on. Another guy is brand new elder, mm-hmm. uh, never been an elder before. But one of the things that we do is when we see that person, we've observed him already. We've prayed and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. We think this is the guy to, to come on. Well, uh, he spent a year sitting with us in our meetings uh and we we kind of uh sort of assessed one another and he needed to decide if he really wanted this thing right Mm -hmm. and we needed to decide if if he flows with us if we share the same so the qualifications for overseers right like i have it in front of me Mm -hmm. you know it you know like um essentially you have to be godly right? To sum it up, like there, there are specific things listed here. We, we probably add to that even, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Not in a sense to say you're not qualified if you don't match these other things, but um, you have to meet the qualifications as listed in scripture. And uh, I mean, that's all well and good, but if you don't share the same ministry philosophy, yeah, for instance, yeah, yeah, or yeah. Glad if, you brought that right, up. Like, yeah, like the flow of who we are as a team, it's got a mesh, right? Yeah, that's why it works. Mm-hmm. So that's that's important for us too. Well, I think that's a great point because I mean, so for example, I mean, one of the reasons one of the youth pastor positions I was in ended the way it did is because methodology was different. Um, yeah. I don't, I mean, our theology varied a bit. I mean, we both hold to the essentials. Uh, I mean, he's not a heretic, that sort of thing. It was just a matter of that our methodology was way different and that was never addressed. Uh, that was never a conversation we had. Um, so when our, so when those methodologies started coming up, butting up against each other, it was like really strange and it was super awkward uh, lots of times yeah. because I mean, for example, if he preached and I had to get up at the end and do the prayer, I was just like, okay, well, how do I wrap this up? Or if I preached and he got up afterwards, like there was a couple of times where he was like trying to like kind of shuffle around the theology a little bit because our theologies were a bit different. So sure. uh, he was trying to correct from that. And um, I, that's vitally important, like you said, to sit down and say, hey, do you, it's not that you're not qualified via scripture. It's do you also fit here? Like, um, and I think that's way overlooked, uh, because I, I think sometimes people very much undervalue how important it is to line up methodology wise as well and say, Hey, you know, this is how we think, this is how we do things. Are you okay with that? Um, uh, you know, or are you yeah. going to, are you going to be a problem? Like, are you going to constantly be trying to change the system that's been in place and it's working for us? Um, uh, and again, it's not a biblical, it's not like a, you know, it's not a theological thing. It's a, Mm -hmm. this is what we hold to maybe secondary wise. Do you line up with that? So that's vitally important. Like you said, and I love that you said it was a year because that can't be done quickly. Right. If you rush that, it can cause a lot of problems. So um, I guess that's a good uh, segue here into a little bit of what, uh, so the differences, secondary kind of thing. So um, we have to touch on this. This episode is not about this, but we have to touch on this in order to cover leadership. And that's that some churches are, they say it's okay for women to be in an eldership position. Cut, some, cut. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and some don't. Um, so, uh, and that's, that 
that's an issue that, I mean, again, has to be covered with somebody that's coming on staff because depending yeah. on where you're at uh, as, or where you've come from or what you've been taught or how you uh, see certain scriptures, specifically the ones we're talking about, maybe in, in, uh, in uh, the letters to the church of Corinth or in first and second Timothy and Titus, like those things, like depending on how you have been brought up and look at those, that's going to make a big difference. So um, I think that's an issue that lots of times we need to talk about. And um, I don't know if you want to go to the place to where you guys stand on that or not, but okay. But so I think it's, it's really important to cover those because like you said, if you bring a guy on and he's totally cool with it, um, it's not that it's a salvation issue, but it's definitely a church structure issue for you guys. So where do you, I mean, kind of where, how did you guys come to that and how do you address it? Yeah. So, um, we have, so I guess right from the get go, we would, we would be of the conviction that, uh, as far as the pastoral or elder role Mm -hmm. that is reserved for males, Mm -hmm. right. Which is one of the only two options biblically and biologically. There you go. Anyway, (laughs) we uh, we might, the future podcast, we may touch that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but so we, we say that, you know, you could, you could bring up the obvious things that people use as arguments like the, um, you know, when you're looking at scripture, uh, you know, the Titus and, and, um, it's, it specifically talks about man, husband of one wife, Mm -hmm. you know, men, men are the ones being addressed in this instance. Right. Yeah. Um, and I realize that that is, that is uh, neither here nor there for some people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think more importantly uh, for me personally, and I think probably for our, our elders and our church in general, is uh, really the example all the way from Genesis, right? That the, yeah. the man is the head of the house, right? And that's not because we're better or more qualified even, as much as it's just a picture of God, the Father, and uh, he's the head of this house. Um, and so it's just kind of the model uh, through uh, our, our, the picture of us and God. It's the model in marriage. It's, and so it's kind of, uh, it's biblical in that sense. Like it, it fits the whole flow of the whole story mm-hmm. of the Bible. Um, with that said, we would be completely cool. As I kind of alluded to earlier, we'd be completely cool with, um, uh, deaconesses, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, yeah. women as being in that role, which essentially is a ministry leader, right? We have one right now that is in charge of all of the Sunday school stuff that we do, right? Um, it, with regards to like the children's Sunday school things. Um, and she's done it for a long time. It, it wasn't always called deaconess, right? Yeah. It was Again, called name changes. S- Sunday school superintendent. That's what it was <laughs> called. And uh, just like but, a school system. Yeah. Uh, but like, I would say we don't call them this, but all of our team leaders, that's a deacon thing, right? Your mm-hmm. ministry leader. Um, and we don't, uh, I think literally in every other area of our church, uh, it would, it's completely fine and looked at as completely fine biblically for uh, a woman or a man to be in that kind of leadership role. Yeah. Uh, and and I will say this, not all of the people um, on our board, not all of our elders uh, <laughs> would even uh, 
not all of them. It's it, this isn't a hill to die on for every one of yeah. them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's not. So we generally agree. It's not something that anyone is going. How dare you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also not something that uh, that anyone who is more complementarian is going to say. No, no, you're in sin if your wife leads devotions at home for you and your kids. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's it's not a hill to die on, but we just kind of see it as like this is seems like the theme that that we see throughout all of Scripture. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think it's very important, like you said there. So, obviously, it's a secondary issue, uh, but it's an issue that like you have to address when you're talking about leadership, especially within the church. So, you. I think oftentimes this is, is it's a very uh, sided issue. So it's either a yes with a pitchfork and a knife or a no with a pitchfork and a knife where I think, especially when we're talking about it just briefly here, I want to bring up like, it's not at, like complementarians don't believe that women don't have a role or are important. In fact, I mean, every complementarian I've ever known has said, you know, women are incredibly important to the body uh, in every yeah. regard and uh, are gifted very much so uh, for, you know, evangelism and discipleship and doing the things that we see in scripture that every Christian is supposed to do. Um, It is this one issue that we see in scripture though, that says that I, you know, when I look at the Bible and I say it's the authority over me, like I can't get past it and be like, that's okay. So uh, again, it's not a hill to die on salvation wise, uh, uh, but it is something that you need to think about when you work through how you see leadership in the church. Yeah, you need to you need to at least um, all agree or all agree that it's secondary, so we can love one another anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just it's super important to. And again, I don't. I think sometimes there may be people also listening and go, I don't think it's that important. And I would also push back on that and say, well, it is. It's not the most important thing but it's something you need to at least look into and have a decided idea yourself on uh, or in the process of researching, because I guarantee you, especially if you're in ministry, uh, it is going to come up and you don't want to get to that conversation and be like, I don't know. Like you you need to at least looked into it. So um, on that, so we can, we can move on a little bit uh, from that subject to things that will be far less divisive. So, uh, also within the church, we see, you know, other things mentioned. So obviously there's pastors, elders, uh, deacons, um, and that's how that's all set up. But also we see, uh, you know, evangelists and things like that of that nature. How do you guys see those all playing into, because I mean, we've had this discussion before and we can talk a little bit about it here. Uh, but as far as evangelists and what their role is and how that really looks opposed to, you know, how we've used it before, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. So, um, first, yeah. So that, that's where I was actually going to go. Um, define, maybe we should define first what, uh, what we mean when we say evangelist, like what we used to use it as, Uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think I am. We were at the same place. Right. But, (laughs) but it really, it really used to be, uh, we would call an evangelist to come and preach essentially, um, for a week mm-hmm. or less, you know, three, four days, um, extra, right. Yeah. We, we, it was always a Sunday morning night and Wednesday church anyway. Yeah. So, uh, it, you either it, fit it in you know, on Monday, Tuesday or Thursday, Friday, Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, 
and uh, they would come and preach a revival. That's how you had and, to say it too. Revival. Yeah, revival. We're going to yeah. do some rebuking. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so that was that was the role of an evangelist, right? As far as I knew and was concerned with growing up, that's what Mm -hmm. it meant. It was a guy who traveled around from church to church and uh, preached in, you know, a week at a time, give or take. And just to point this out, if you happen to go to uh, that church and hear that evangelist, and then next week, for whatever reason, go to another church that evangelist was also preaching at, what was the percentage of likelihood you probably were going to hear the same sermons? Yeah, well, that's why he was really awesome, right? Because <laughs> he preached the same thing. Yeah, man. I mean, that's uh, <laughs> when when you have, and I, I, you know, I don't want to make too much fun because I get like it's, yeah, it's, you know, but but yeah, you're right. Like this, these are guys that were amazing at what they did, right? And it was easy as a church kid to hear them speak. I remember even the guys that would come to like our summer camps, right, to mm-hmm. family camp or whatever they would come and they would preach. And it was like, man, like that guy, I don't even know the words. Look at his notes. (laughs) Yeah. Right. He was amazing. Right. Like I'm, I'm, I'm 12 and I just want to preach right now, you know? (laughs) Uh, but well, I mean, he has, he has 10 sermons to manage. Right. So he's gotten really good at all of them. Mm -hmm. Um, but that, that's, that's not, what is the, the real definition of evangelism of like, you know, having that gift, the gift of evangelism. Uh, I mean, it's not, it's not necessarily, it's not, not traveling around and preaching. Right. Um, But it's certainly more than that. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I think it goes beyond, and that was a distinction too, that I, I mean, I've heard people make before. Um, I actually went and I was filling in for a guy that was on vacation and I walked into this church and, uh, somebody they didn't know i was there it was funny it was this old couple they were talking they had no clue that i had actually walked in the building and she goes who's the preacher and this morning and her husband goes well he's not a preacher he's a pastor because or, or no he's a, he's a preacher not a pastor because pastors take care of their congregation he's just coming here to give us a sermon and kill me <laughs> and, but i think that's a little bit of the distinction he obviously yeah. is using different terminology but yeah, yeah. one of them what you know obviously in an elder pastoral you are taking care of your congregation's needs as well as feeding them whereas more of uh, an evangelist type of uh, not obviously this doesn't incorporate the whole thing but you're there for a specific moment hopefully for a reason to you know to 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 feed them as well but on top of that too i think an evangelist is much more than that outside of the church um i mean that giftedness to be able to to go proclaim the word to people that maybe don't want to hear it. Um, there are people that I know I've actually interviewed a guy before that he stands on the corner of, of his, mm-hmm. of where he lives. And he, he just preaches to these people and forms yeah. relationships with them. Um, Cause they're never going to go inside of a church. They're not part of a church body. They're far from Christ, but he's yeah. got that gift to be able to proclaim boldly the word of the Lord while also being able to form relationships with these people. Um, yeah. And that's his gift in this. He's not a pastor. He's not over a congregation. He's part of a body. But part of his giftiness is to go out into his city to evangelize these people. Um, and he's, he's, he's very comfortable in that. Yeah, I think, I think a distinction that, that I would make is that an, an evangelist, biblically for me, would be yes. somebody that, that um, 
simply has the gift of evangelism, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. to, to a degree, there isn't a person who can claim the name of Christ and say, I'm not an evangelist, yeah, right? That's part you, of it. All of us must be on mission. The church itself together is collectively an evangelist, right? Mm -hmm. For, yeah. for the cause of Christ. But, um, uh, the, the pastor, I'm a pastor here and we, um, I tell them all the time that I am, uh, that we, I'll, I'll use we even from the pulpit, not I, but we, the elders, biblically, our job is to equip you for ministry, right? Mm -hmm. Like you, it, it's much more powerful, um, for, for, uh, me to send out, to equip and send out a hundred missionaries than it is for all these people to remain children in the faith and come and expect to be fed by me week after week or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then me go out and try to evangelize while they just go to work and forget they went to church. Yeah. Right. That's not the model in scripture. So for me, like when I think about evangelism, I think, you know, to some degree, uh, each sermon that's preached from our pulpit is going to be gospel right? Mm -hmm. So if you're there and you aren't a Christian or you're there and you're very baby Christian, or maybe don't even understand the gospel completely, you're going to get that. You're going to hear it. But, um, the vast majority of evangelism, like it's totally the complete opposite of what we grew up around. So, um, there aren't, we haven't had a person come here since I've been a part of Hillside, even as a member that has come here and preached a series of whatever. And we've called them an event like that just isn't yeah. a thing. Um, so I would come in from this context where we're at, like um, there are a few people I've run across that I think have the gift of evangelism. Mm -hmm. None of them are preachers necessarily. They're just the people who it's incredibly natural for them mm -hmm. to walk up and go, Hey, let me tell you about, you know, and then they'll, yeah, they'll it's just, just go for it. Yeah. It's that yeah. gift that they have. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, good deal. So that is basically, uh, the summation here. Obviously we would encourage you more than anything to go to, you know, the scriptures we've referenced as far as in yeah. Timothy and Titus, uh, and Peter and all of those sorts of things and reference those. But hopefully this has been a little bit of a clearer picture for you on what leadership looks like. Obviously that's going to be different. Uh, as far as methodology is going to be different. Secondary yeah. issues are going to be different all of that's going to look a little bit different probably in your context. But what we have to look at is um, does this line up with scripture? The most important things obviously being are our elders qualified um, as pertain to scripture? And as you said, kind of on the top of that, do they line up with us on secondary issues or, you know, aren't yeah. causing, are, are okay with not, you know, to, to falling I don't know if falling in line would be the proper term, but being okay with this is, this is how we operate. Yeah. Do we share uh, the same vision? Yeah. Share the same you know? yeah. vision for what's going on. Um, and I think the best thing that I took away from this, as far as what you guys do is letting it be okay, that it's going to take a while for that to happen. Um, like that sitting down for that year with that new elder and saying, okay, this is where we're at. Are you cool with that? Uh, and just, you know, going back and forth and assessing, like you said, one another, this isn't a one-way process where you say, okay, are you qualified to come on the team? He's also looking and saying, is this the team I want to be on? Yeah. Um, you know, do I line up? So uh, hopefully that was helpful. 
uh, to you. Maybe, maybe you've never even looked at biblical leadership before. And that was, you know, this is the first time you're looking at it. Uh, but I would encourage you always to go back to the word and say, okay, what does the word say? Does the church I attend fall into these categories nicely? Or are there some things that maybe aren't in line at all? And I think the biggest thing is like you said, the pastor elders, deacons, that whole line up there, um, do how how close are we scripturally to that um and again this isn't a hey go question your ah my alarm uh, don't question your church <laughs> on everything uh but as much as just saying maybe coming up and saying hey you know pastor whoever you know where do we fall in line with this uh and why do we do it that way so yeah and so just for reference if you're if you're brand new at this or you're not necessarily familiar with the scriptures we keep saying yeah at first timothy chapter three it is it lays out the qualifications for uh elders and deacons or overseers and deacons and then uh titus chapter one talks about it as well both timothy's and titus are referred to as the pastoral epistles so that's that's kind of the place you go to uh to talk about church leadership yep all right, guys. Thank you for checking out this episode uh, of the Babylon Pastors Podcast. Uh, come back next time, and we will be talking about what's our next uh, podcast about. There, Ruff? Uh, we're going to be babbling, um, actually, about <laughs> the the flow of a Sunday gathering. There you go. Here, a gathering, not a service. All right, <laughs> all right, guys. We will talk to you next time. Thank you for listening. Yep. <laughs>